0: Welcome to CyberCast, decoding today's cyber issues. I'm Alexander Boliba, production lead at GovCIO Media and Research. With me today is staff writer researcher, Nikki Henderson. Hi, Nikki. Hi there, Alex. So you had the opportunity to chat with Kelly Teeley, Chief of Phishing Assessments at CISA. How'd it go?
1: It went great. She had a lot of helpful information on how agencies can make their systems more cybersecure secure and uh, cyber ready. So it was a great interview.
0: Now, I know that CISA recently released their K through 12 report that focuses on the threats schools are currently facing. How did Kelly say the report will help schools better identify threats and reduce their overall cybersecurity risks?
1: Kelly said that SIS's K-12 report was really a response to an increase in cyber intrusions and risks to the U.S. education system, especially following the pandemic after everyone had to shift to remote environments. And she said the report focuses on three main areas that will help schools Build towards a better overall cybersecurity plan. She said the first area that it focuses on is investments. She said it's important to invest in your highest priority security controls with your known exploited vulnerabilities. She said that one of the main areas of the report focused on investments. She said it's important to invest in your highest priority security controls with your known exploited vulnerabilities. She said it's important for schools to aligned with CISA's cross-sector cybersecurity performance goals, or CPGs as she called them. She said they provide a easily digestible, understood, step-by-step plan to make your systems better secure and your devices better secure. So she also talked about following the NIST cybersecurity framework as well that can help with those investments. And the second part that she talked about was resource constraints. She said the report addresses those and how organizations, schools should take advantage of state local cybersecurity grant programs that help free them up their resources for their IT security budgets. And she said Sisa also has an expansive list of free, low-cost cybersecurity services and tools that can help schools and other agencies meet their cybersecurity goals. And Alex, that last point, that third point that Kelly talked about was focusing on collaboration and information sharing. She said, you want to belong to relevant groups like the multi-state information sharing and analysis center, or even the K-12 security and information exchange. She said these groups work together to share information and targeted threats. And then lastly, she did talk about how it's very important for schools to start up a conversation with CISA and build a good relationship with them, get that conversation going about um, how to get those cybersecurity resources.
0: Wow. So a lot covered in your conversation. Very cool. I feel like you have already touched on this a bit, but did Kelly talk about CISA's collaborative efforts with the Department of Education when it comes to improving security around technologies being implemented at schools?
1: Yes, she did. She did stress that CISA's partnership with uh, the Department of Education was very, very important and necessary to make a stronger, secure future for our U.S. goals. She said that this collaborative effort helps them look at the malicious actors that are trying to exploit the, these vulnerabilities, and she said it gives them that big-picture threat that is inhibiting us from educating our children and focusing on those best technologies or the best technologies that they can employ to secure their systems. Now, CISA and DOE are just trying to work together, she said, to take a complex large, scary problem with lots of moving parts and just simplifying it and making it actionable. Because she said, you don't want to be stuck looking at that same problem for years. She said, you want to make an impact today.
0: Definitely. And what are some of the things that Kelly said SZA is doing to support agencies in building a culture of cyber readiness?
1: Well, this she really was passionate about. Kelly said that CISA is helping agencies and schools to build and create that culture of cyber readiness by focusing on the Cyber Essentials Guide. CISA's Cyber Essentials Guide focuses on six core principles. Um, One of the things is, she said, creating that culture of cyber readiness starts with focusing On the top down, she said leadership is essential to an organization and you need leaders that will drive a cybersecurity strategy. She talked about staff, how you need to have a workforce that has a heightened level of vigilance. She said it's very important, thirdly, to know what what your systems are. What are you using? What are your critical assets? Especially if those systems went down. Another thing she mentioned was digital workplace. Do you know who's logged into your systems, who has credentials? And another key point was data. She said, is it backed up? What is critical for continuing operations, protecting and storing that data, processing that data? And last but not least, Alex, Kelly talked about crisis response. Are you prepared for a cyber incident? What is your resiliency level to limit damage? And can you restore to normal as soon as possible?
0: That is a lot of information, and I can't wait to dive into it. So without further ado, let's listen to your conversation.
1: I'm so happy that you decided to join us. I I really appreciate you uh, taking time out of your busy schedule. And I would love to discuss with you today the K-12 report that CISA recently released, the Cyber Essentials Guide, as well as some of uh, CISA's cyber priorities for 2023. So before we begin, Kelly, can you please introduce yourself and give a brief
2: description of your role at CISA? Absolutely, would love to. Uh, So I've been with CISA since it was an agency, and then even before it was an agency. I've been a part of this organization for about 10 years now. And over that time, I have worked with a majority of our cyber hygiene services where we work with our stakeholders to help shore up their uh, their capabilities and de- uh, defending against and preventing attacks. So I oversee our phishing services portfolio. Uh, we provide simulated phishing exercises to assess the behavioral responses of employees um, personnel and let them know how their publicly exposed information can be used to customize phishing emails and how it can be used uh, against them. And our desire is to help them take actionable steps to ret- reduce their attack surface, both people and technology. And in addition to that, I lead my subdivisions attack surface management initiative. We're reimagining how we approach uh, capabilities we've been long performing to identify attack surface, um, to better integrate and and optimize our capabilities, because we want to better enable our stakeholders risk reduction efforts. That's, uh, it's about in a nutshell what I do. Okay, wonderful,
1: that sounds great. Well, Kelly, CISA recently released the K-12 report, which addresses the threat landscape schools are facing today. What role does technology play in helping schools identify threats and decrease overall cybersecurity risks?
2: Yes, so this report, um, it came out of a response to the growing threat of cyber intrusions and risks to our education system. Uh, with my daily work as a, a lead in our phishing simulation service, we work with a, a lot of schools and we see the negative impact of folks clicking on phishing emails, becoming um, and enabling malware, um, coming, becoming victims of ransomware. So while technology itself is a tool, it's neither good nor bad, it can be used maliciously, and it can also be used beneficially. But the thing is, we have to know how to properly use it to enable the beneficial bits, um, to ensure that our students can receive a rich and quality education that's uninterrupted. So this K-12 Cybersecurity Act of 2021 directed CISA to study these risks, um, specifically facing elementary schools and secondary schools. And we were also told, um, we needed to develop voluntary recommendations because uh, we we are we are risk reduction enablers, um, and we've been performing risk reduction advice, risk reduction enabling. And now we want to give out these guidelines and these recommendations. And we were also challenged to evaluate these um, risks facing the schools. Or the challenges schools face in securing their information um, the in the systems they own or the systems they lease uh, and other things that K through 12 educational institutions rely on. It's a whole ecosystem that they have to be aware of and accountable for. So our goal was to simplify this process and make it actionable to help cut through the noise so they know right away, here's what we can do. And so the report uh, points out the uh, that expanded technology uh, is one of the key things that that brought this problem to the forefront. Prior to the pandemic, um, you know schools were targets of of cyber um, malicious cyber actors, but when we all shifted to online, uh, the, there was a growing dependence on the use of online systems that then made schools and districts particularly vulnerable to cyber attacks, and so that. We've seen it, we, we've all seen it in the news, the impacts from these uh, targeted attacks have ranged from you know, networks and data not being accessible uh, to the start of school being delayed by days or a week or more, uh, delayed exams, at to- um, additional canceled school days and then unauthorized access to highly sensitive data regarding um, students and staff. So the report outlines a few investments that can help schools identify these threats and then just decrease their risk. But again, that's only one part of it. You know, technology is one part of it. And and some some examples of of where technology can be beneficial, just there are some there are some key investments that we can do. We can deploy multi-factor authentication. If you click on a phishing email, but you have an additional way of beyond your password to log into a system, then it's less of a chance that something bad's gonna happen from giving over your password or um, from, from from being compromised through phishing. Being able to um, prioritizing, mitigating your known exploited vulnerabilities. We at CISA provide a list called the KEV list. Known exploited vulnerabilities. This is what we're seeing actively being targeted. Highly recommend all um, levels and of organizations, um big and small, schools and otherwise, go and check out our Kevs list and see have I implemented the patches for these vulnerabilities that I know are actively being exploited? And then are you implementing and testing your backups? Like th- this is this is. It's not a one and done exercise to say, I've backed up my data. Have you tested that at work? Very important because you don't want to be caught in an incident to go, oh no, we've not actually seen if we can fully reconstitute our system. That's the most inopportune time to to come upon that realization. And then part of that where you can test it is you're regularly exercising an incident response plan because you don't want to create a a plan and then put it away. What we call shelfware. It's not serving anybody any good if it's just sitting on the shelf collecting dust. And then the last bit is implementing a strong cybersecurity training program because we we do know that um, cybersecurity is a shared responsibility, but the responsibility does differ at different levels. So the the last bit is where we wanna give that caveat. Change must come from the top down. Leadership must establish and and reinforce a cybersecurity culture. Because um, the IT staff, the cybersecurity personnel, the end employee, like the teacher, the student on their on on their laptop, they cannot bear the burden by themselves. So, cybersecurity risk management must be elevated as a top priority for the administrators, the superintendents, and other leaders um, at every K through 12 institution. We um, we want to take a creative approach to securing um, the, the the necessary resources. So some, some approaches uh, include uh, leveraging the available grant programs uh, or working with your technology providers to, to find out what are some low-cost services and products that are secure by design and secure by default, and then urgently reducing the security burden by migrating to secure cloud environments and trusted management services. So... That's that's like the big picture, but uh, the the main point is leadership must be involved to ensure a cybersecurity culture is something uh, just to ensure it, and that's something that CISA, we've been saying for a long time. But it's it's not just for the educational sector, for, but for all for critical all critical infrastructure, all small businesses, and, and governments. Kelly, you're absolutely
1: right. Culture is absolutely key to protecting from these phishing attacks, and it's also good to hear you talk about MFA and the known exploited vulnerabilities, as well as having an incident response plan Mm -hmm. also have added protection uh, from phishing and and other attacks. So thank you so much for explaining that to us um, in detail. Can you elaborate a little more on CIS's three recommendations? Mentioned in the K 12 report that will help schools develop more resilient cybersecurity
2: programs? Yes, yes. So while I gave the big picture, uh, you can get lost in the information. So we wanted to have it be focused and say that there are three areas that you can put your efforts towards that will bring about immediate benefit and reduction in risk. So the first one, right off the bat, what are your most impactful security measures um, that you can implement? invest in to that, that build towards a more mature cybersecurity plan for your organization. Um, so within that, there are just some quick steps. So one, highest priority security controls. What we were already talking about with those known exploited vulnerabilities. Number one, go look right into there. What controls do you need to implement to ensure none of those can be exploited in your systems? Then the second one, once you've taken care of, um, really stop the bleed part, then you can prioritize further near-term investments uh, that you'll want to align with our um, cross-sector cybersecurity performance goal, goals, what we call our CPGs. We are also directed by um, Congress to come up with these goals to help uh, the private sector and small business to have easily digestible and understood steps to take to secure your, your systems and, and devices and organization. So then the third step is uh, that's near term. Then the last one is long term. You want to develop a unique plan, cybersecurity performance goals for cross sector application. That's that's higher level. You have a unique mission with unique constraints and unique resources. So what is your unique cybersecurity plan? And we recommend that folks follow and leverage the NIST cybersecurity framework. There's there's no need to try and figure this out by yourself. No no one lives on an island, we are a community. And that is the effort we're all trying to drive towards as a community effort of securing um, all of our critical resources in our business. So that, that's the one area is investments. So the second point of the three is we do need to recognize and actively address resource constraints. So I mentioned earlier that there are grant programs uh, that you should be looking into. So one of them is to work with your state planning committee to leverage the state and local cybersecurity grant program. So that is something where you can find more information about to say what is available to you to help shore up your resources, understanding that IT security budgets are like really, really tight when your business isn't IT security. So that is a wonderful opportunity to look into. Another one is utilizing free or low cost services to make those near-term improvements, in near-term improvements. Um, on our website, cisa.gov, we offer an expansive list of free security, uh, free cybersecurity services and tools that are both at the basic and advanced level. Then you can, um, the next step, because no school is an island, uh, no one should be working by themselves and trying to solve a uh, a nationwide, global issue on their own. We 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 say um, you, you you need to we we've got to engage in in I guess in some. Collective action by encouraging our manufacturers and our vendors to build in strong security controls by default, which means you expect them to do it. You look for products, you buy products that do it, and you call on them additionally to employ it where it's not currently employed. So for example, while all operating system vendors are working to continuously improve the security of their products to stand out as being secure by design, specifically Uh, Chromebooks and iOS devices like iPads, which make these devices very popular um, for schools to deploy and for students and staff to use. I know my school district uses Chromebooks. I see the kids walking around in the neighborhood coming home every day with them. And to know that a school can take advantage of having um, a Chromebook that has off um, infinite storage and um, it, it has a you know, an, an eight-year life of being able to take it being taken care of, that their IT staff at the school doesn't have to focus on maintaining hundreds to thousands of devices. The schools can benefit from the, um, the, the, the capabilities that these devices can provide. So, and that folds right into that last little bit of minimizing that burden of security by migrating your IT services like email and file storage to more. Um, secure cloud versions. We're not saying going fully to the cloud is like 100% secure, but being able to maintain email on premises or file storage on premises, unnecessary burden to your IT staff. Use the secure cloud versions. Those are immediate wins you can make. So then the third point and the last one um, that we grouped this K through 12 report in is that um, focus on collaboration and information sharing. You want to join relevant groups like uh, the Multi-State Information Sharing and Analysis Center, that's MSISAC, or the um, K twelve Security and Information Exchange, that's K twelve six. Those groups work together to share information, uh, resources, targeted threats, and to just help. The, uh, the, the group get better. You wanna work with other information sharing organizations like uh, state fusion centers or state school safety centers and other state and regional agencies and associations. It, you're not alone and you can learn more when you reach out and collaborate. And the last bit, um, build a strong and enduring friendship with, uh, with CISA and with, our F, with the FBI regional cybersecurity personnel. CISA has field, um, folks out in the field responsible and tasked and honored to support our, 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 our regional um, schools and stakeholders get to know us reach out if we haven't already and start that conversation and relationship that's where you get resources where you get advice and it's part of the again we're not on an island we are a community uh, trying to make this all work better
1: Thank you so much, Kelly, for first giving that big picture of SIS's K through 12 report and now breaking down the specifics of that report. Well, Kelly, how is your partnership with the Department of Education when it comes to creating a more robust cyber environment that will better secure technology being leveraged at US schools?
2: Oh, it is. Working with the Department of Education is very important because they are the sector risk management agency. We have at CISA responsibility uh, for securing and defending um, networks uh, for you know, federal government and then working with the sector risk management agencies for our critical infrastructure sectors. And that's where a Department of Education comes in. So they are the subject matter experts on education, on schools, on um on everything that we don't have the ability to be like super focused into. But where does CISA come in? We are the the SMEs, the SMEs for cybersecurity. And so by partnering together, we can say, okay, here are the general advice. And then here's some more targeted for smaller businesses. And the department of education says, and here's where our unique challenges lie. And then through a collaborative effort, that's where we can determine, all right, where are malicious cyber actors trying to exploit these vulnerabilities? What is the big picture threat um, that is inhibiting us from educating our our, our children? Uh, What technologies can we employ? How does that integrate in the established school systems? So we're trying to work together to take a very complex, large, scary problem with lots of moving parts and simplifying it and making it Actionable because we don't want to be stuck admiring a problem for years. We want to make an impact today. So we are focusing on simple, prioritized actions that schools can take to measurably reduce their cyber risk. And working with the Department of Education is is necessary so that we can make stronger and more secure future for our nation's schools. Um, in addition to the Department of Education, because uh, it's a multi partner effort. Um, the other people we other partners we will continue to engage with um, are federal partners and state and local officials, uh, school leaders and emergency management officials and community leaders, and same thing with our nonprofit and private sector. Uh, many of the great organizations that contributed to the development of this report, FISA will continue to work with them. It's not a one-and-done deal. This is a long-term relationship. So the Council of Great City Schools participated. I already mentioned K-12-6, the K-12 Security Information Exchange, and the National Associations of Elementary and Secondary School Principals, and the the MS-ISAC were all part of this big collaborative effort. Oh, and last little bit. Um, just last month, uh, we participated in the National K-12 Cybersecurity Leadership Conference hosted by k twelve Six and CISA leadership discussed best practices to better defend the K-12 sector from emerging cybersecurity threat- threats, um, sharing it with this whole community.
1: Oh, great. That is wonderful. Uh, it's nice to hear that CISA has a successful partnership with Department of Education, that you guys are tackling this huge cybersecurity problem, and and I applaud you because you all are you're working really hard and doing a great job. So that's that's really good. Well, Kelly, how does Scissor's Cyber Essentials Guide help agencies apply cybersecurity best practices and build a culture of cyber readiness? And how does it help them better manage cyber risks?
2: Well, this is great because as I've been mentioning, you know, K through 12 has their focus, but we, we also talk to the small businesses and the others in the critical infrastructure. We all share a lot of the similar risks. Our environments may be uniquely structured or uniquely missioned, but there, um there, there are some uh, universal truths to help you build that culture of cyber readiness. And that's where this cyber essential guide comes in. So we we developed it not by ourselves, but in a strong collaboration with small businesses and state and local governments. Uh, so the Cyber Essentials it, it aims to equip smaller organizations that have historically not been part of the conversation uh, or the national dialogue on cybersecurity. And we want to give basic steps again, simple, prioritized steps with the resources to improve cybersecurity. So it's not just here's advice goodbye, but who, who's our audience and what are their constraints and what are the recommended steps and what are the other resources that we can provide? So there are this guide, the cyber essentials guide is broken up into, into six sections and the each section, the, um, the combined effort is to build a culture of cyber readiness, a culture, as we mentioned before, driving your cybersecurity culture starts with the top down. We we've been too long putting the effort on the on the bottom up of the the vigilance from the bottom. No, now it starts top down. So the first chapter is is directed to the leader of organization. So like you, the leader, what's your role? Your role, you need to drive the cybersecurity strategy. You need to direct and dictate where the investments are going and the culture it is that you want to see happen in your organization. Because if you're not totally sold on it, it's gonna be dropped immediately. The second chapter uh, focuses then we've gone from the leader, now to our staff, the people who are using your systems and devices. You, you want them to have a heightened level of security awareness and, and vigilance, of course, where there, it is a shared responsibility and every, everybody needs to know their role. So this is where we're defining that role. The third chapter says, okay, you've got, you've got your leader, you've got your people, now what are the systems that are using what what makes you operational and here you need to define what are your mission essential functions what are your critical assets and applications if these went down can you still continue doing your work so you can't protect what you don't know is important or exists this this plays back into my attack surface management role right now you you have to you have to know your assets you have to know your systems and your devices and who they're talking to and what they're connected with because if you're not aware of them you can't protect them if you can't protect them then they're exposed and potentially exploited so then the fourth chapter is on your your surroundings it's uh, your digital workplace so do do you know who's logged into your systems do you know who has a credentials both privileged and and otherwise are you expecting these people to be accessing these devices and files so that's that's a uh, an awareness and a monitoring and then um, the next um the, the fifth chapter on five is is what is your business built on? Data, 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 data. So if you're thinking as a leader, looking at your staff, aware of your systems, aware of your um, digital workplace, then we come to the data part. You is it backed up? Um if it goes away, again, what's critical for continuing operations? You need to learn, you need to learn how to protect it as it's stored, as it's processed, as as it's transmitted. Um, and really, as the leader, To have at least um, a high level of awareness on this so that when, because security is being built into the business model, you have the awareness and the influence to say, all right, I see that we're making these decisions. It's going to have this impact on our data. That's not a good business decision right now because security is business. Without it, you don't have a business. So then the last bit is that that crisis response. The, the tired old trope, you know, it's not if, but when. I hate saying it, but it, it comes down to that. Um, you, it, there will be an incident. Are you prepared for it? And are you? Pre- where's your resiliency level of being able to continue operating and then recover from that to get back to your pre-incident levels of of operation? So you want to limit damage and you want to restore normal operations quickly. So those 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 are the six: the leader, the staff. The systems, the digital workplace, your data, and your crisis response. And as you notice, it's not just tools. It's a mix. It's tools. It's people. It's processes. Um, But the the way it's ordered in the cyber essentials is saying it all starts at the top. So um, the last bit is in addition to the cyber essentials, um, we also offer another resource uh, of cybersecurity advice for small businesses, and it's called our cyber guidance for small business on our webpage. And this is actually like more of an action plan. By the way, cyber attacks actually happen. So we break the tasks down by role, starting with the CEO. And then we detail what does a security program manager need to do? What does the IT team need to do? Um, And and down, down, down. So the advice is a good way to um, make sure you've got your basic responses ready, your roles identified, and people know their tasks. And, but it's, you know, it's not a guarantee you won't ever have a security incident, but it lays that groundwork so that you can build an effective security program.
1: Great. I like the way you said it. It's like a mix of tools and people. It's, it's not just, you know, one thing, it's a combination of things. And you also emphasize the word simple, simple steps that small businesses can take to guard against threats. And this cyber essentials guide, I mean, it's equipping them to be cyber ready. So that. That is great. Well, what are some of sis's cyber priorities for 2023, and are there any other cyber ready initiatives in the works?
2: Oh yes, so we we understand that we can't boil the ocean and take care of everything. We have to have priorities because if everything's important. Nothing's important. So when we come down to, it, we had to ask ourselves where, if we are the nation as the nation's uh, risk reducers, what. Is the um, where is the where are the area where are the areas that CISA can uh, reduce risk at scale for uh, what our director calls what our director Jenny Esterly calls target rich resource poor sectors um, and the first example is the K through twelve you think target rich all of that personally identifiable information resource poor uh, it's it's very hard to secure all of that it's not been in the, you know school budgets are difficult uh, to begin with. And so the K-12 education sector is, is, is one of our uh, top four areas. We also are focusing this year on hospitals. Same thing. When you look at, um, that's a lot, when you think of it a life or death situation, you have access to machines, people's data, uh, being able to call in um, medicines and prescriptions. If a hospital is locked down due to ransomware, there is a real human life impact to that. Then we have, in a similar capacity, water and wastewater facilities. We've seen in the news in the recent years the impact someone can have in um, attacking a local water facility and potentially contaminating the water through um, changing how filtering is, is done. Like that, 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 that is scary, and 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 it's an eye opening thing. Of okay, we need to identify these types of target rich, resource poor organizations and make them our priorities so that we can get them the expertise, the guidance, those simple, actionable steps that make the, the biggest impact. And within that are also our small businesses. So hospitals, K-12, small businesses, and wastewater facilities are our primary focuses for 2023 with our target-rich, uh, resource-poor uh, line of effort. So then we are also working with our partners to shape the technology ecosystem to be both secure by design and secure by default. So as we've talked all about this, it's it's a it's a top-down approach for an organization. We don't want to put the burden of IT security on the people who have the fewest resources or capabilities to to, to execute on that mission. So, CISA uh, director Jen Easterly and executive assistant director for cybersecurity Eric Goldstein published an opinion piece uh, a few weeks ago that that outlines the problem. And the idea is that the idea of sustainable cybersecurity. And what it will, will take to, to build a culture of corporate cyber responsibility is a conversation and priority we are starting this year. We want to emphasize secure by design, secure by default, not putting the burden of IT on the people least equipped to handle it. Um, and so, yeah, those, those are um, our, our biggest priorities for 2023.
1: Wow, that's a lot of uh, cyber ready efforts and initiatives on the horizon. Good things are going to come out of all of this. So. Before we conclude, Kelly, I wanted to know, was there anything you would like to share? Any final comments or remarks about what we discussed today?
2: Yes. <laughs> there is a theme throughout all of this. We've said it many, many times. It's it's that simple, uh, the simple step, the cutting through the noise to know you, know, you don't want to be uh, paralysis by analysis. You don't want to admire a problem. You want to take action and just knowing where to start. So CISA is gonna to continue to work on building cybersecurity into K-12 curriculum across the nation schools. Um, that's, that's one area we see how we can make a big impact in a simple way. Uh, not easy, but simple. Like future generations must be exposed to cyber safety early and often. So um, we're working with school districts to ensure that they have all of the resources and tools they need to improve um, their cybersecurity. And we're leading the nationwide um, cyber hygiene campaign to help all Americans stay safe while using the internet and devices from from, from kindergarten to retirement years and beyond. And, and our goal is not only for K-12, but for all businesses and critical infrastructure to maintain cyber readiness. So we want to ensure, simple, 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 simple cyber hygiene steps, like enabling multi-factor authentication, MFA, using a password manager. You don't need to remember all of those complicated passwords. The password manager do it for you. We want organizations to conduct phishing awareness training um, to to help employees understand how their information, how the company's information can be used and, um, and, and exploited and their role um, and then keeping software updated. Patch, 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 have a plan, have a cadence. It's a continuous effort. We we want we want those very core elements to become as commonplace and built into our everyday um, habits and behavior as, as possible. Because that's what I tell. Everybody, um, when I complete a phishing engagement, they're like, what What else can we do to be more secure? Yeah, we're gonna train our people. You know, we're gonna reward the people who who report and help bring awareness. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna have um, security awareness champions. Like, okay, that's great. But yeah, we've got our people. All right, our people are on board. How about our processes? How are you doing there? You know, do you have your incident response plan? Are you exercising it? Um, yeah. How's your culture? Do people feel okay with reporting? How's our, uh, do you have that you know, software update cadence patch in there? Is security part of the business plan? So it's not just an add-on. So those simple, simple steps are, are what we're going to. It's not complex. It is difficult. We understand that. And that's where we're doing our effort to make resources available and make the messaging simple so you don't get that 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 stuck, that stuck place of, I don't know where to go and I don't know what to do. We, we are... We are trying to alleviate that, making simple messaging that's actionable and effective.
0: What an interesting conversation. Thank you, Nikki, so much for that. Before we let our listeners go, do you have any last takeaways you want to leave them with?
1: Well, I just want everyone just to keep in mind, one of the things that Kelly emphasized really throughout our whole conversation is that those simple prioritized actions, that's what schools, other agencies really need to focus on so they can build that culture of cyber readiness in order to significantly reduce their cyber risks and avoid a major impact to their systems.
0: Yeah, you know, with all of the talk about getting our children to learn more about coding and programming, I think your conversation raises another important part of education, which is learning cybersecurity and good cyber hygiene. And I hope that any of our listeners who maybe have children who are who are using school laptops and doing more virtual learning. I hope you can use this episode as a jumping off point to make sure that they are learning everything they can to stay safe and keep, you know, frankly, the whole school districts (laughs) stuff safe. But yeah, I think this is the start of a conversation that we're going to be having for years to come. So thank you so much, Nikki. For more interviews like this one and thought leadership from federal cyber leaders, subscribe to and follow CyberCast and visit our website at govciomedia.com. We'll be back in two weeks with a brand new episode. But until then, I'm Alexander Boliva. I'm
1: Nikki Henderson.
0: Thank you for listening. CyberCast, along with GovCast and HealthCast, is a production of GovCIO Media and Research. For more podcasts and to check out the other shows, head to govciomedia.com. Watch out for new episodes released every Tuesday and Wednesday across our shows. You can follow all of them on your favorite podcast platform. And if you like what you heard, make sure to let us know by leaving a review. And if you have any topics you think we should look into, contact us at newslettergovcio.com. At